0: Ladies and gentlemen, niggas and crackers, guys, gals,
1: and and non binary -binary pals, hot girls and city boys, saints and ain'ts, and and all our Harlem Harlem family, welcome to your very own podcast.
0: Episode of Harlem's very own podcast. As always, it is your two illustrious co-hosts, Justin Winley, a.k.a. Norrin Rad in the Black, a.k.a. Jaden Pinkett, a.k.a. Winley Snipes, joined by my boy.
1: Yo, what's up? It's a mulatto gelato Jude, a.k.a. A.P.S. <laughs> Jesus, a.k.a. Teenage Roots and Ninja Nigga.
0: <laughs> um, we are uh, back with a, a new Program and as you've noticed by now, of course, we also have a brand new uh, smoking, smoking cover by uh, by the lovely Shalini Jasinge, all the way from Sydney, Australia. Um, She is a right talented Sheila.
1: Don't (laughs) don't do that.
0: (laughs) We we appreciate all her hard work. Um, (laughs) Cheers. No, but really, uh, shout out to Shalini. She.
1: Yo, uh, a it was just, place.
0: Yeah, complete serendipity that she got connected with us through Instagram, and then we hit her up, and she did the work. Um, and, well, quickly, and, the and, yeah, very quickly. She so absolutely uh, follow her and um and show her some love. What's the uh, Instagram? Heroes. Oh, oh, her Instagram is her name at Shalini Jasinge. So that's S H A L I N I J A S I N G E. And if you need that again, you can rewind it. Um, so what we're doing is, uh, I think I mentioned it. We mentioned it a little bit at the end of the last episode, but there's a lot of um, black movies I haven't seen. A lot of classic uh, stuff. It's very and,
1: disappointing as a young <laughs> problem with this and, co-host over here.
0: Right, Ooh. and and it's been um, it's been kind of a uh, it's been a mark on me for a while. You know, I've tried to avoid it, but. Uh, but we figured, well, we're, we're doing Harlem's very own. And maybe this is an excuse, especially now that everybody's home, to catch up on some stuff that I haven't seen before. Um, mm-hmm. So we have a list of movies that we're going to get through for the next three episodes. But we're starting today with um, 1991's New Jack City, which New is directed
1: Jack. by
0: Mario Van Peebles, um, who is the son of Melvin Van Peebles. Um, who's a, a legendary exploitation director, he directed this movie called Sweet Sweetback's Badass Song, which is... That's a movie that everyone should see. I, I can't really describe it. For real? Um, it's, it's, it's not, like... It's technically, like, as far as the, how films are supposed to be made, it's not the best mm-hmm. thing. Um, but it's still... It's just... There's nothing really like it, uh, like Sweetback. I feel like you'd enjoy it, Jude. That might be a new aka for you if after you see. It. I haven't I'm, seen the movie in a while. I'm looking
1: it, at it. I can see the heroin in the picture. Like, <laughs> I'm not even looking at heroin. I can just see it in, like, in the picture.
0: <laughs> yeah. Just... yeah. It, it 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 exudes that energy. Yeah. yeah. So can we continue. Um, yeah. So they. It, it basically it's 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 uh, a key film um, in the in black exploitation. Maybe like the first. Um, if, you know, definitely one of the first films. Um, you know, following this idea of Black Power, Black Liberation, specifically a mm-hmm. Black man or Black woman, kind of being this anti-social um, vigilante and, and taking you know justice into their own hands. It's 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 pretty important. And so his son Mario, um, this was his first feature film, um, mm-hmm. and he was actually contacted. He was referred to it. Basically, he was vouched for by Clint Eastwood, which I found out. Um, oh. because they had worked on this movie together beforehand and the producers wanted a director for this but they were unsure about taking a chance mm-hmm. on a new guy so but Clint was like yeah it's fine you know he's, he's got my blessing or whatever so shout out Clint Eastwood um, sure. I, even though he's got you know he's, he's a wild, bike, he's, wild. So he's got some
1: <laughs> real quick though actually I wanted to ask you since you're a film student what is mm-hmm. to you the difference between a movie film or cinema because I was watching something back about um, uh, Scorsese talking about Marvel f- movies being right. not film or not cinema, the art of it. So I want to know yeah. where, how do you define it as an actor, oh. as a film student, as a film lover. And also want to know what got you started into acting and shit like that. It's a lot right now, but...
0: No, yeah, no, I, uh, that's a good question. Um, well, I, I was doing acting in middle school... Uh, sort of we had this thing called um, theater arts at center school uh, or tax. So we would have mm-hmm. tax shows and um, they were just like skits that we'd put together. It was nothing really too um, serious. Uh, in eighth grade, I played uh, Oliver Warbucks or daddy Warbucks in Annie. Um, so that was like my first big role, so to speak. That was the biggest thing I'd ever done um, yeah. by that point. But But by the time i got to there it was just a teacher of mine mr valdez he basically he basically told me like i think you could audition for the guardia and like you'd have a shot uh if you went for drama um and i at that point wasn't really thinking about that at all like when i was a kid i wanted to be a zoologist and then i was yeah i was getting older and my dad was like you could make a lawyer and I knew, I've always liked movies, but I didn't necessarily know that. I don't remember wanting to be an actor when I was that young. So, But he brought it up to me, So, um, and I'd gotten a, a taste, obviously, by now for, for stage acting. So mm-hmm. I, I, he gave me two, the process is like they give us um, uh, monologues. We have to have a, a dramatic one and a comedic one. Mr. Valdez helped me find them. He suggested them. I rehearsed them. I performed them for center school, one of them for center school, and then I, I went to the Guardian, auditioned, and I got in. Um, mm-hmm. And then from then on, I was like, okay, I think I really do love doing this. Yeah. Um, when I came to the end of high school, uh, I didn't want to go to conservatory, but I knew, like in my heart of hearts, I wanted to continue, I wanted to stay in this field, in this arena. Um, mm-hmm. So obviously, you know, I had a long, college journey but when I got to Pace I was like okay I've tried doing communications I've tried media journalism or whatever let me just do what I know I want to do and go for film yeah. and screen studies and it's been really cool so far so like and and I wanted to do that because I, I'm also a writer so mm-hmm. I want to get I I because I just love like I, I'll always feel comfortable on a stage and if I ever get a Broadway gig like I'll take it you know obviously but COVID Yes, yes, way after. But film, to me, is maybe my favorite uh, medium when it comes to like perfor- uh, performance and artistic expression. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just love what it can do and all the different ways you can make it. So I wanted to get basically a good idea of the behind-the-scenes stuff so that I'm never an actor who's ignorant of all the other aspects of what happens on a film set, right? So
1: yeah.
0: Um, as far as what I think the differences are, A lot of it honestly just comes down to people feeling, um, as with anything, people get pretentious, you know, Mm -hmm. there's a, there's a, um, there's a, a point where now you're part of this group or this culture or whatever, and you need to know like the ways people communicate. So for me, the distinction, I mean, and not to disregard Martin Scorsese, who's obviously one of the greatest of his generation and one of the greatest Mm of all time, um, you know, I think, like, like when he said that, I kind of felt the same way a lot of people did, of like, well, that just seems like it's an old man kind of shaking his fist at the future. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I, first of all, I think what he was saying was really a con- he was uh, concerned about how superhero films or just major blockbusters are pushing out independent films, literally yeah. because like they're taking up more theaters, yeah. like they're taking up more showings and screenings so that other films don't get as much of a chance because these movies make more money. And that is a very valid point. So I think that when people talk about film, like it comes from obviously the, the, the literal physical film that, Mm -hmm. that used to be, that you used to make, um, these, you used to, used to use to record these stories. I think, you know, movies, it comes from, uh, that's just like the informal term because we had silent pictures Mm -hmm. and then we got talkies so i think movies is part of that like instead of a instead of a still picture it's a moving picture it's a movie um and then cinema is like again i think it's 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 one of those things that's like used to describe the craft but it's also used to describe the space that you watch film in like i went to the cinema and for me like i i i tend to i do tend to reserve the word film for movies that i think are like more,
1: whatever, more like artistic. Godfather, yeah, Raging Bull, yeah, fucking, yeah, stuff um, like, that. like Schindler's List or some shit exactly, exactly. Mm-hmm. But at the
0: same time, you know, it's not that I can't call those things movies, and then it's not like I, it's not like if I say, um, uh, you know, Avengers Infinity War is a good film, I'm not going to feel like I'm contradicting myself. Um, but that is a good question because yeah. I think that, um, you know and it's especially interesting that you brought up Scorsese because this movie um is i think is obviously very influenced by like gangster Absolutely. gangster movies and Coppola and Scorsese um yeah. and, and
1: we're going to get into it. Actually,
0: yeah they actually pitched um one of the things that i thought was interesting was when it comes to Wesley they pitched this to him as like black scarface essentially they were like black black pacino yeah
1: I was watching something about gangster films, period, mm-hmm. from Godfather to Scarface, but also the original Scarface in the 50s, or was it the 30s?
0: Oh, there's another one? I didn't know. That yeah, there, there was
1: a Scarface before the Pacino one, okay. and it was, you know, kind of the same story, though. It's an immigrant. I think it's an Italian immigrant, mm-hmm. um, comes to America doesn't have shit. Doesn't have anything. And then his rise to the top, but then his fall. But right. We but it also in the video it also mentions how we all get stuck in the rise. Yes. And it's glamorized, and he's almost uh, he's turned into a hero, a martyr. But then in other films like Once Upon a Time in America, yeah, I mean, yeah, in Scarface we see ugly shit. You know, him smoking coke, him smacking his girlfriend, doing right. whatever the hell. But in Once Upon a Time in America, you can see all the ugliness of it. Right. You know? And I don't I forgot where I was going with this, but it was basically just how like gangster films are just the rise and fall, and that's what New Jack City was. It, it, 100%. It was the rise and fall of Nino Brown, CMB, but during the time that it came out, it was after crack, and I think it was also, yeah, it was pitched as a gangster movie, but I also thought it was... Um, a scare straight tactic for um, definitely for, for uh, youth, yeah, for the for the kids in the crack generation. Because and in the movie, I saw I remember seeing what stood out to me now that I watched it again because I've seen like two or three times before. This mm-hmm. um, was um Ice T is you know just looking at kids in a school and it's a teacher and a bunch of these little yes. kids and it's the say no thing. We say no to drugs. We say yes to education. Yes mm-hmm. to dedication. Yes to whatever the hell Mm -hmm. and then you see crack vials everywhere and i felt like that was kind of like strategically put there there's like things in the movie that are strategically put in there for um to scare people out of doing crack
0: absolutely yeah i mean i i think even from the beginning and we can just like get into the into Mm -hmm. the movie now because i you know um it really is. The more I think about it, and now that we're talking about it, the more I like it. Um, so yeah, I again, I'd never seen this before, but uh, I watched it with my mom because she's seen it a bunch of times.
1: what did you think? And, what do you think about watching it with you? I'm sorry. The, 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 oh,
0: oh, yeah, no. Um, well, she enjoyed it, and um, uh, it's. I mean, she likes the movie. She said she's seen it like you know uh, over ten times, maybe like even twenty. Mm-hmm. It's always interesting because like when you live in New York. I know that other. I've heard other New York film podcasts talk about this, where it's like you're watching something that's been shot in New York, and you can tell when the geography is off. Like you can tell yeah. when someone. Is, and there's a scene early on. Mom and I were watching. Um, they're driving up, uh, like one. They're driving up like one fortieth and Saint Nicholas and mm-hmm. they're going up, and we know that route because we take it frequently coming back from church. I even saw a funeral home that's still there uh, from, from when it was shot. Um, they're driving up almost actually to 147th, almost like mm-hmm. they almost get there where we would turn up and go to Broadway, but then they cut, when G-Money stands up in the car, Yeah, they cut to a shot going down Lennox Avenue, mm-hmm. and then the scene ends with them going down, so it's like, if you live in Harlem, you're like, well, that's not at all <laughs> but um but you know it it, it it didn't really take me out of the movie per se uh but yeah she she enjoyed watching it and and uh she was actually putting me on to some of the context like you were singing you know uh, uh living for the city two of the guys who were in her standing around that trash can are mm-hmm. sons of the original oj's um singing group from the seventies, but yeah, so I, I, it opens with this quote from, um, niggas with attitude, I think from, uh, Compton, you're about to witness the strength of street knowledge. Yeah. And, um, that's just a dope way to open a movie. And also, you know, you're watching then this helicopter shot over the skyline, which is, I, and I, when I watched Melvin, uh, Van peoples talk about it in the, um, in that little documentary, he was like, "We wanted people to know, like, this isn't just your average little gangster movie. Like, we got money for this, nah. and they definitely, they definitely they got showed off
1: this, and yeah. some money you um, sell, they were running out in some things."
0: Yes, yes, um, definitely. But you know, go big or go home. Um, big facts. Immediate. And my mom actually was helpful in pointing this out for me because I was looking away from the TV. Um, there's a point where they come to uh, a building and it has a scripture mural on it. Um, and it's yeah, from First Corinthians 6 and 9. Mm-hmm. And they 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 edit it, but they basically say, Don't be deceived, neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor abusers of themselves with mankind, nor thieves, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners shall inherit the kingdom of God. And off rip, they're establishing that like the movie is about idolatry, that's one of the major themes, and like so who people who uh, worship things, you know, and, and mm. what we worship in order to, um, f- fill ourselves. And it's also interesting that like, I mean, cause that scripture, the words in itself are powerful, but when you also think about, the uh, uh, the book of Corinthians is actually a letter that was written by Paul to a church in Corinth, mm. uh, a Christian church to kind of address several issues that were going on. <clears throat> so it's basically like a manifesto yeah. that wound up in the Bible and, it kind of fits with New Jack City because it's New Jack City, the producers are are addressing issues that are going on in the community. It's almost like a letter to the nation regarding, you know, crime mm-hmm. and, and all of that. So, um, so I thought that was interesting just off rip. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, we, we see that. Um, and then we get introduced right after, is it... Is that after they drop the white dude off the bridge or before? That
1: that uh, that mural is after. That's when we get introduced to Chris Rock right. and Ice T, Pookie and
0: right right right, Pookie mm-hmm. and Scotty, yeah. Um and what a way to introduce your main character. Like this so, so what's interesting about Wesley Snipes in this movie is that he had been in stuff before. Like by this point he'd already been in Jungle Fever. He'd been in the bad video with Michael Jackson, which I didn't know until today. What's he's in he's that? He's in the extended, know. the extended like short films. My music like, the videos
1: movies. are mad long. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. <laughs> it's we do, episode, bro. bro. <laughs> speaking of
0: Martin, Sc- speaking of Martin Scorsese, he directed that music video. Um, Martin Scorsese
1: directed a music video.
0: Michael Jackson had pulled like that. He was like, Quincy, I want Marty to direct my music video, and Quincy was like, Yeah, Michael, we can do. I don't. Know. Is that is that how Quincy Jones sounds?
1: <laughs> yeah, <motherfucking>. yeah, Michael. <laughs> I'm sorry. I remember I was watching Dina and, and that's all that nigga said. Like motherfucker.
0: Yeah, he, that's his favorite word. Did you? That's a great documentary. Have you seen that? The Quincy. Oh
1: hell yeah! Like three times. I love that, that was man. Fire.
0: It was fire. Um. Anyway, not to get off track. So Wesley, he'd been in uh, Jungle Fever. I think he'd been in Mo' Better Blues too. Yeah. Like he was mostly a Spike Lee guy, and then um, and he'd been in some other stuff, but. He like Chris Rock says in the documentary, he was the least famous person on set.
1: That's and crazy. at first I was like that's, that's crazy to think about
0: crazy to think about, but then I looked it up and I was like, Well, Chris Rock was doing SNL. So by this point, he mm-hmm. was
1: He's he big. was big. When you do SNL, you're big.
0: Yeah. And then Ice T, he was a rapper, so he was known for that. Mm-hmm. And Judd Nelson was from Breakfast Club, mm-hmm. which was was only a few years before. So people knew him too. So yeah, I mean Wesley may have been, at least for a mainstream audience, yeah. Uh, less known. And um, Alan
1: Payne was in a bunch of movies in the 90s. I'm not sure the timeline of all his joints, but I remember he, he was pretty big. I remember seeing him on Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. And oh, yeah. He was yeah, doing a lot of work.
0: Because I only know him from House of Pain, ironically. Uh, he, yo, from spe- the, the...
1: Speaking of Will Smith and Fresh Prince, he was in a movie and he played um, Jada Pinkett's boyfriend or his love uh-huh. interest. Jason's Lyric, that's what it was called.
0: Oh, Okay. That well <laughs> another one. <laughs> we're not we're not gonna talk about it. Why are
1: we messy today?
0: We're not gonna get entangled with that situation. It's um, so stupid. <laughs> but um yeah, so we meet uh Wesley as Nino Brown with um rest in peace, Bill Nunn as Dada Man, hanging this white dude, I guess a stockbroker or something, off of the what is that, the George No, that's not the George Washington. That's like yeah, the it's um,
1: George Washington Bridge, I think.
0: It's one of them bridges. I should know, but I didn't pay attention. And, you know, Nino's like, uh, uh, basically, you know, uh, no money, no product, or no product, no money, or one of the two. And then he's like, you know, see ya, and I wouldn't want to be ya. And they drop this man into the Harlem River. And it's like, I I mean, it's it's such a way to... Introduce Nino as this ruthless guy, and first, and like he gets more ruthless as the movie goes on. Insane, yeah. And you get to a point where you're like, okay, now, like, because there's always with gangster movies, the whole thing is making you identify with the gangster and understanding why they are the way they are, and like, and and it's cathartic because you obviously wouldn't necessarily do these things, but mm-hmm. like you're watching someone enact on them, and it's that's part of what makes them fun. But it, by the end of the movie, you're like, Nino's a scumbag, bro, and <laughs> and, 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 we'll, and we'll get there. Um, so we meet Scotty and Pookie. Uh, Scotty's played by Ice-T, and Pookie is played by Chris Rock. So I was con- I was a little confused. I don't know if it was Scotty doing like a like a like he was faking a deal or something. Yeah. Okay, and then and then Pookie figured it out and like and and ran from him.
1: No, no, he no he just Try
0: to rob him. Oh, Pookie tried to rob uh, mm-hmm. sc- oh, Scotty. Got you, yeah. got you. Yeah, and then and then they booked it. And that speaking of over budget, um, allegedly this chase scene was improvised because mm-hmm. it was supposed to be in cars, but they um were over budget by that point in the shoot. It was a 36 day shoot, I think they said, and they, um, uh, yeah, and they were out. So it was just like Chris Rock saw a bike, he got on it. And Ice T ran after him, and, and that was the uh, that was the that was the scene. Um, but they're using basically. I mean, I, this movie is about, like Jude said at the beginning, the the introduction of crack into black neighborhoods mm-hmm. and like how that affected said neighborhoods. And it doesn't get. I mean, everything's political, but there's there's no like there, no one's talking about the CIA. I don't
1: think no. No well, at the end, at the very end, uh, when Nino is making his case in court, spoiler, right. court, he yeah. said, "I don't see no Uzis. We, we don't I mean, not exactly, no yeah, Uzis. yeah. I'm no not one I'm one
0: Uzi's in Harlem. Yeah,
1: yeah. I'm not from Russia. Right, um, right. There's like we don't have planes to get cocaine from Colombia.
0: Exactly. Yeah. All this, all this stuff is is." we're just making the best of what gets left behind in our neighborhood mm-hmm. is kind of the point that he's making. Um, and, you know, G-Money introduces it to, to Nino, G-Money played by Alan Payne. He's like, you know, yeah, man, this is the thing, this the new thing, you know, we got this going on and it's going to be great. And, and uh, you know, and this is where I think we can start talking about the costume design in this movie is off the chain. I mean, I, and there's there's several outfits, specifically with Nino, Nino is dressed as
1: the flyest, to the
0: flyest. <laughs> for the, the for the whole guy. for the whole film. He's 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 dressed up, and um and that's that's mm-hmm. kudos to Bernard Johnson is his name Fire. was the costume designer. Um, really, I read a little bit of something about they wanted to blend because the movie came out in ninety one, but it's set in eighty six, mm-hmm. and they wanted to blend late eighties with nineties fashion. And you also have all, all this like pan African black power um influence in the fashion as well. But um yeah, yeah they're they're driving around in this in this car and the they've G, got the yeah. chains and the turtlenecks and the, the I mean it's ass rings. <laughs> yeah, it, it is every every Hotep's dream closet is this film, pretty much. Oh, um, well, yeah. and some With of mine too. In and... Exactly. Um, but then they go to the club. Right after they after G introduces um, the crack vial to Nino, yeah. they hit up the club, and what
1: happens? I'm forgetting. You know, Ice T and um, Wesley kind of like exchange looks. They they don't know who each other is yet. Right, and then Wesley goes into the room with his C and B crew. And they're discussing the plans for crack. And then they right, introduced right, right. the idea of taking over the Carter apartments. And this right. one little detail that I didn't notice, well, that I realized once I saw the, saw the movie when I was a kid, CMB and the Carter, what does that remind you of, Justin?
0: Uh, Lil Wayne, right? Yep. Yeah, I learned that, actually, yeah. He, he, he named his, his albums after this. And it, just Cash so happened, as well.
1: it, it just so happened Wayne's last name is Dwayne Michael Carter Jr. Right, <laughs> but the coincidences I'm just like, bro, it's too easy. They just gave it to you, bro.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that's that was really interesting. Um, and I mean, because when I was reading on, on Wikipedia, it said that it's true that his actual last name is Carter. But then also, it's it that seemed to indicate that like he purposely he was also influenced by this movie to name. Yeah. His albums, The Carter, and also he calls himself Young Nino. Uh, apparently, sometimes I don't listen it's to cool. very much Lil Wayne, so I don't know. But, um, but yeah, so they they want to take over this apartment complex on One Sixteenth, which my mom was saying that she had been, she you know been there. It's not called The Carter in it's real life. Graham it's called the Graham
1: Courts. Huh? It's called the Graham Courts. Yes, yes, and it's still up um, there, and it's still yeah. apartments. <laughs>
0: Yeah, uh, they didn't bit. actually. <laughs> they didn't actually turn it into a, a crack den. At least I, I don't think so. And that's not um, a den,
1: bro. That was like a getaway or some shit.
0: It, no, literally, that was that was a war zone essentially. Um, and uh, one of the one of the things, like when when I was writing down some notes on the themes, and one of them being idolatry, is like there's at least I think there are at least three major idols that different people have in the movie. The big one is money. Um, everyone is obsessed with money. Obviously, that's the cash money. Brothers, the whole yeah. like it's the thing. Even Duh. the police. And this isn't a, this isn't a particularly anti police film.
1: It's not. And then there's another video I saw that I wanted to mention was the idea of those hero cops and how we've been fed this right. trope of hero cops, and that's what Ice-T and John Nelson were, were hero yeah. cops doing the most, because the w- the way they took down Nino was illegal. Gotcha. They didn't, you know, their operation was shut down after the Carter blew up and...
0: Right, and Buk- uh, Pookie died.
1: And Pookie died. So they took matters in their own hands. And right. we and as the audience is like, well, you know, if they gotta bend the rules a little bit to take down you know the god of crack. Yeah. Let it, let it be. <laughs> you know. But, yeah. And that's a pattern a lot in gangster movies.
0: That is that is a, that is really common. Yeah. That extrajudicial, you know, like, well, we'll just do it on our own. Like, take my badge, take my gun, I'll figure it out.
1: You know, and then they can crack the heads they want, and then they're not um, served or disciplined by it. Exactly. Which, yeah. I mean, and. It shouldn't be that way, but like, there's still, if we all believe in our morals, there's still the law and playing by the rules, right? And and
0: yeah, that's really interesting because the I'm I've also been reading, uh, and I sent it to you. I think we've both been reading it by now. Our prisons obsolete, and one of the things Mm -hmm. that it's going to start talking about, I think, is like the the prevalence of um, incarceration in media, yeah. um, and like how we're, we're just used to, we take prison for granted because we see it all the time mm-hmm. and the same thing goes with police and like and we enjoy it yeah and the, there's this common thing where it's like the, the you know the two cops the detectives they return to the um, to the to the chief at the end of the movie and he's like you went behind my back but mm-hmm. you got the job done Welcome back to the force, or whatever it is, and it's like, no, dude, arrest People them. Not how pay a fine at least. That's not how any of this is supposed to work. And um, I think that for a second, I thought maybe they were doing it when when Scotty when he gets when he shoots Pookie in the ankle and he gets on top of him to stop the chase and like everyone's gabbing around and he's like, back off, I'm a cop. I thought they were gonna like introduce that kind of hostility between cops and the neighborhoods, but they didn't really also, he's reading uh, him, his, his Miranda rights, but he's cussing every other word. So I don't know if that counts.
1: <laughs> like the rights remain me, fucking silent. Yeah. Right a goddamn attorney.
0: <laughs> I don't think that's this. I don't think that's legally binding, but, um, uh, but yeah, so it's not a particularly anti-cop film, but one of the things to be, yeah, I don't think so. One of the things they're setting it wouldn't up been made also,
1: if it was like that.
0: Right. Um, and it's interesting that that another piece of trivia uh, that you know I'll just introduce now. Allegedly, Wesley wanted to Wesley wanted to play Scotty at first, but the producers had a, had specifically written Nino for him. And what part of the challenge was they knew that once they cast someone like Wesley Snipes in that role, mm-hmm. Nino was going to be the guy that the youth wanted to be because he looked cool. He 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 got the women. He got the money. Whatever. So they needed to cast someone. Else, as his foil, who would kind of like balance that out and yeah. make good guys seem cool too, which is why they got Ice T. Um, but then Ice T, like you said, Scotty, he doesn't even go. First of all, Ice T in real life hates police, so the fact that he played a policeman is astounding to me. And but he just came out with a song called "Cop Killer" when this came out, bro. Yeah, like, exactly. So I'm I'm amazed that they got him to do this. But I guess part of it was the fact that. He he isn't he doesn't do he doesn't abide by the law and so by the end of the movie and also essentially what they do to kind of get around that is it's this personal vendetta what they reveal over the course of the movie mm-hmm. which I didn't I didn't actually see them setting up was that uh, Wesley at some point we're jumping all over the place but at some point yeah. um, Scotty infiltrates the gang. Mm-hmm. Uh, after Pookie gets killed trying to do so because he indulges... He, he and we'll
1: circle go, we'll go back to yeah, Pookie yeah, because yeah. I got a lot to say about Pookie.
0: Yeah, um, Pookie dies uh, tragically, so Scotty steps in um, and Wesley uh, I mean... Um, Wesley, Nino, whatever, I'll call them both. He tells him, you know, when I joined the gang, because he doesn't trust me, he's like, when I joined my first gang, they basically told me I had to kill someone and yeah. it couldn't be an enemy. It had to, because that'd be too easy. So mm-hmm. he walked around Harlem and he found some school teacher, a woman who said he looked, she looked like a school teacher and he shot her in the head and, and dipped. And we find out by the end of the film is that that was Scotty's okay. mother. Yeah. And that's also, that gives weight to the scene. One thing my mom pointed out earlier in the movie when, He's looking at the school teacher and the kids. It's not only him, you know, being upset that he sees crack vials in the playground, but also remembering his mother because he sees mm. the school
1: teacher. I don't think um, about that.
0: Yeah, and 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 that. So they're 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 planting seeds because then later with Pookie, he's like, you know, you owe a lot of people. Like you, like someone just like you killed my mother, and she didn't take any, didn't take no money, didn't take mm-hmm. no jewelry. Just shot her. So like you, you owe this to us. This whatever.
1: I had a lot of problems with that. Yeah, because the thing, the whole thing, it's it's a scare straight story about crack, and right. and it's dressed up as a glamorous gangster movie, and it did a great job at that. It let us um kind of live vicariously through those drug dealers <laughs> and live vicariously through those cops. Of you know, getting money, but then taking somebody down. You know, we mm-hmm. we we can find places where we can live vicariously through. And then, right. then they did the scare straight shit with Pookie, right? And it was it showed him on crack, fucked up, and you know the pain, and then also him getting clean and the sobering effect of. Um, Uh, withdrawal, Mm -hmm. just really kind of showing you what happens to these addicts. And I don't, and I feel like when I say that right now, I'm kind of like dehumanizing them, but they wanted to humanize them as much as they could. But where I feel like they messed up though, was in those lines of saying you owe these people. That's the last thing you need to tell an addict because you're giving them a lot of pressure. Yeah, I think that was a little wrong of the writers, and it was wrong immediately to put him into, um, you know, undercover the with CMB. Yeah, and that yeah. was wrong. You know, but I mean, they they need to move the plot along.
0: Of course, yeah, and so that that
1: becomes and people need to die of... in the movie to, right. make, yeah. to you exactly. know put weight on it to make like damn like let's yeah. get Nino, let's get CMB down, you and know, so it,
0: that's yeah, that's the next major movement is is um, after. You know, crack is, They're they're moving. They take over this apartment complex. Um, you know, they're make they're using it as a production house. So they got the people shirtless with masks on, and the in which you've seen in a ton of movies. You know, naked people putting cooking the cracker, I how not know how it works? Of course,
1: um, crack in and violet. And right, okay, yeah. So there you go. I, don't, um, I know nothing, but like.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so they're doing that whole thing, and. Um, the cops are trying to take them down. This is where we meet Stone, played by Mario Van Peebles, um, mm-hmm. in the movie. Who's like this detective, and he's like, "We need to hire people who basically, basically who know Harlem, who know this area, whatever." And the chief is like, my, I've got the mayor and the governor on my back." Blah, blah, blah. and so um, he's like, "We need to deliver results," which you know in real life means they need to arrest more people. Um, yeah. but <laughs> uh, but yeah. So so Stone is like, "Give me these two guys." they get um, Scotty and Judd Nelson's character, Nick Peretti, together, and Peretti is just, like, a jerk for the first 45 Habitably,
1: years. yeah. <laughs>
0: like, he's he's racist, and he doesn't, he, he's uh, routinely insults Scotty and all that, but um, uh, they get them together, and it's this whole, like, then it becomes a buddy cop sort of thing in a way. Yeah. Them, but Ice-T's always trying to knock his head off, And that's the whole thing. Um, You know, meanwhile, Nino is obviously, they're getting more and more money. They're escalating. Uh, We get one of the, I think, the first of several dope suits that Nino wears in this, which is that orange blazer with the black black shirt underneath. That joint looks fire. Also, his hair in this movie is really impressive. They gave him a mohawk over his flat top. I don't know who cut that that way, but that's extremely impressive <laughs> uh but yeah and it's interesting because he and g money are wearing inverse colors yeah she has a black blazer with an orange shirt and, mm-hmm. and nino has it the the inverse way um but one of the things they've also introduced by this point you you remember is the conflict with the italians yeah um, yeah because well, yeah. They, yeah, which is where one of your aka's starts getting used um uh and Jude can say that it's because he is half Italian. So it's not um it's not a slur for him. Um is <laughs> a black dude. Right, yeah. Um yeah. So it's funny because in that in this show, The Godfather of Harlem, uh, which is about that dude um I don't Bumpy remember. Johnson. Yeah, Bumpy. They have Italian an Italian presence in there too, and they're saying mule and everything else. Because
1: Harlem was Italians and black people. Yeah. That's, That's what, what it was.
0: was. Yeah. Um so they had had some sort of arrangement with Nino, you know, as their distributor, and they were supposed to take, take a cut of the money, and Nino was like, nah, I'm big time now, I'm doing this by myself, so that caused a strike between him and the mafia, right? Cool. Uh, the mafia show up at his party, and the dude gives him, whoever this guy is, he gives him basically a little um, minstrel statuette yeah. with a noose around its neck. So that's a threat. It's like this little like Uncle Tom thing with you mm-hmm. know looks like Mr. Popo from Dragon Ball Z, and um, Wesley well, you love Mr. Popo. right. Nino obviously has a problem with that. He takes out this cool butterfly knife, and you know yokes the guy up and cuts his ponytail off, and then um, you know basically kicks him out. And that starts the uh, the war, the feud between the two uh, gangs. Um, <laughs> yeah, the operations going on with Pookie, but. Uh he starts to crack, no pun intended, under the pressure and takes some of the product for himself, which um everyone notices he gets outed by G Money at the warehouse. Um mm-hmm. and then he has to get pulled out of the operation. Uh, but by that point, you know, he's already in danger. I forget how because they conduct it that
1: happens rinse. so quick. Yeah. Like Pookie getting into the car to working for them. Um Getting promoted and then smoking crack again and then dying, I feel like happened in like 15 minutes.
0: Yeah, it's a super fast sequence. I don't remember. I know they, they conducted, the, they raid the Carter, but I don't remember and, how Pookie got back inside the Carter to begin with.
1: No, I mean, they raid, no, when they raided the Carter, Pookie gets found out and right. then they they kill just kill him, him, string him ass up, and then set a bomb to him.
0: Right, right. Yeah. Um, And, yeah, and so they they get in there, they they go through, but they don't find anybody. Like, they don't find Nino there, obviously. They don't find G. They don't find anyone. And all all they find is Pookie, who's strapped to this chair with the bomb on his chest. Mm -hmm. Uh, Then they defuse it, and they have to bury him. But when they bury him, MVP uh, Stone comes back. He's like, this was a failure. Like, we're pulling out, like, you know... um, and then Scott, but Scotty's like, that was my friend, like he died for nothing. So this is where, like Jude said, he and Peretti decide mm-hmm. to take thing matters into their own hands. Um, and they they this is where they this is like the second half. This is the third act really of the movie, uh, more than the second half, is him being like, Okay, now I'm gonna be Scotty's gonna be the drug dealer, and I'm gonna yeah. be whatever name he uses. Uh, mm-hmm. you know. So by this point. Cause when the Carter gets hit is when Nino goes crazy on um, the whole CMB crew. CMB crew, right? Oh wait, before this, I gotta go back. I'm sorry. Before this, because this fine. is where I actually this is where I actually took the note. Before this is the scene where Nino meets Uniqua, uh, G's girlfriend. Yeah. And they they come over to his house and he's wearing this like Jolly Rancher electric blue night suit.
1: Fire suit.
0: I need this. I don't know where I can find it. I
1: need his wardrobe. <laughs> you know what I need? I really need the shirts. I need those pants.
0: Yeah. The yeah.
1: pants are fire. <laughs> like, You've talked before about how you need the big and tall section. I, I, I need the big and tall section. These pleated pants that are low-key, that are high-waisted, but not right. high-waters. It <laughs> it's just perfect.
0: It's, it's really, it's immaculate. And, and I, he stands out in the scene. The color is so lush. And this is the first time we see him watching scarface which becomes this running thing he watches it at least twice in the movie um Mm -hmm. and you know this is again so the getting back to the idol thing the first one was money the second one is crack obviously there's a lot of people who become addicted to it and then we see that addiction corrupt them and their environments um and then the third idol is self and this is mostly
1: Nino.
0: Yeah, because he's completely narcissistic. He idolizes himself, but he also sees himself as Scarface and an even better Scarface because yeah. Unique says, like, you know, he says, the world is mine, and she says, but you won't be as careless as Tony Montana.
1: Yeah, and poor Alan Payne is like, yo, yo, yo it's, it, it's ours, right? Like- right,
0: right, right. <laughs> exactly. So, um, uh, so, yeah, just had to backtrack for that amazing outfit. Um, I'm trying I, – because I have them notated, which ones I like the most. So, yeah, he finds out that the Carter was raided. He comes into the boardroom with this Rottweiler, again, immaculate yep. outfit. Everybody's in – it looks like a like like a Black Lives Matter photo shoot that they would do today, but it was in 1991. Everyone's in turtlenecks with the gold, and they're yeah. just like um, – and, like, you know, Bill Nunn has this cool blazer on. Um, mm-hmm. And he comes in, and he's like, how could y'all let this happen, basically? You know, um, I need to babysit you, type of thing. Mm-hmm. This is where we get the famous line. Um your five dollar ass jam before I make change. I'm gonna <laughs> bro. And oh, I don't God. know. No. I don't, was that the first talk? Like, was that already
1: a thing people said, or did that no, movie? Start? That's Nino. That's original New Jack.
0: Got you. Okay. Got you. Because this. Now I now I know because I've heard people say that before, but I didn't know if it was a thing that was popular. Yeah, nope. that, when he says that, it sends chills down your spine. He says it to G Money, who stands. He's gonna like you know stand up and, and step to him, and he puts the cane across his chest with a with sword. A cane. With a sword.
1: sword. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I did mean, that. that too.
0: <laughs> um, yeah, you already got katanas and African daggers and stuff, bro. Just add to the collection. Um, yeah. But yeah, I so <laughs> I think he's. He and then he stabs um uh
1: Kareem. Yeah, the the
0: the, who's like the tech guy in the hand, and then he takes it out and he wipes the blood on G Money's turtleneck. And you know, he's I forget exactly what he says, but he's essentially threatening them to get their act together type of thing. So now Scotty decides he's gonna meet up, you know, with um G with G money, and then, so, but by now, there's this rift now between G and Nino, who are, like, they're first and second in command, and they're, they're boys, but because G feels embarrassed, you know, not not only because of how he embarrassed him at the boardroom, but also because he, he traced songs to him. He took his girl. <laughs>
1: <You're always laughs> I've seen it, him. Yeah. <laughs> um,
0: <laughs> so, that, that starts to cause some strife, which is why Scotty can infiltrate because he's offering like um, money money and a new kind of angle of distribution mm-hmm. and so G is trying to do this on the low um, and as things you know get more and more intense, Nino personally starts kind of um, deteriorating uh, his relationships and everything. Um, yeah at one point Kareem sees Scotty he's like, I know I know this guy, but I can't place his face right now. <laughs> um, and there's this cool scene at the basketball court where, G and and Nino are playing and sure,
1: like, with those shirts, pants and the, and shoes slacks. and gold things
0: <laughs> and pickup. Um,
1: why don't we but, do that no more? People should, I feel like Everyone someone out, have, everyone's out here wearing Jordans or like the new KDs. Why doesn't no one just pull to the basketball court in slacks and shoes?
0: <laughs> if I knew how to play, if I like cared and knew how to play, I would. Um
1: or that's was good. you think I showed to martial arts class when we get back out of quarantine <laughs> and the children's slacks in the fucking shoes. That's the new uniform. Um, yeah.
0: yeah, so Scotty shows up and it's this cool scene where like Nino's like, nah, man, you know, he's questioning him. He's like, I don't know you. And Scotty tries to step to him and then everyone pulls out a gun. And you got Keisha in the front um,
1: Keisha's a gangster, the most no, gangster chick in the whole movie, the whole film blah, play, blah, play, baby. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Played by Vanessa Estelle Williams. Um, she uh she pulls the gun and she has it right on Scotty's cheek. She do not play about hers. Um, but no. eventually everyone calms down. Uh, and G and Scotty start to work together, really kind of against Nino's knowledge and wishes. Um, but obviously, he and Judd are trying to perform this. This sting operation get mm-hmm. Nino's trust so they can lure him into a deal and catch him in the open with evidence. Yeah. Um, Nino and uh, and Scotty are on the rooftop having that conversation about like yeah I shot that teacher. woman yeah and you know and this is where they they talk about like I, uh, Scotty says you know um what 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 happened like it was it was business right nothing personal and Nino says brother is always business never personal. Um, and that, you know, comes back later. Um, but we get to the warehouse scene now, I believe, unless I'm missing something, Mm -hmm. this is where, um, this is where Scotty shows up, Nino shows up with the whole, with the CMB crew. Uh, Scotty has the briefcase, you know, it's your classic, like we had, we got to see him open the briefcase. We got to see him holding it or whatever. Um, but th- at the exact moment that it's about to go down is when Kareem's light skin memory comes back to him, and he's like,
1: <laughs> and in he's a weird like, way when he's just kneeling yeah. down.
0: Yeah, I don't really get like what I guess because he saw him like that at some point. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's also wearing like a hat and sunglasses. Anyway, he looking like uh... a
1: pimp. Yeah, and then when he did the they were right yeah poor outfit, but before he's in like the track suit with the dread yeah. hat is exactly. like.
0: Um, but yeah, you let it, you let it slide. He's like, yo, I recognize him. He's five So then it gets into this firefight, uh, cool action sequence here. Uh, this is where Nino like it's really ninja. just starts murdering people. Yeah. Like straight up killing people, um, directly now he murks that, uh, Asian kid. Yeah. The Asian cop, um, with like the knife. Yeah. He, it's like a stealth mission in a video game. Wow. Um, but he doesn't run into Scotty on his way out. Dada man um Get starts fighting up. with uh yeah he, he starts fighting with Judd Nelson but yeah he gets lit up by Scotty from below and then he falls down and he's still alive and
1: nineties uh, 90s, 90s logic <laughs> yeah. you know, 90s scientific logic you know what I'm saying gravity wasn't invented yet All All right, right. wasn't invented yet
0: no neither were neither were bullets <laughs> really <laughs> uh so then Judd Nelson uh saves Scotty's life then after the fact Um, and so they're like, oh, but it was a bus. Now they know who we are, whatever. And then we get to probably the most emotional scene in the film, which is on the rooftop with, uh, with G and Nino. And this is where Nino finds out. Like you basically, you let that cop into our, you know, operation. He didn't know. He didn't know he was a cop. No, but it was just the fact like, you know, Nino is becoming so paranoid, and this is a common theme in gangster movies as well, is, like, the guy at the top, the people he came up with, start to seem like they're enemies to him, and he becomes paranoid, and he pushes everyone away, so G-Money is, like, his brother, and which is why he feels even more offended, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, and G is, like, basically, you know, you turn into somebody I don't even know anymore, um, and and this is, you know, Nino gives him basically the Godfather hug, mm-hmm. like uh, Pacino gives to Fredo. And him. Him. Yeah, broke my heart, Fredo, um, before he before he dies. But uh, yeah, he basically does that to him. He hugs him and he's crying. Great acting. I mean, Wesley is is acting his A double dollar sign off in this movie. <laughs> he is he is like, it and it and it it really. I have some trivia about like other people that were considered for casting in the movie overall cool but we'll I'll, we'll get there after when we finish ah, like bet. the movie but like this is the I word, really don't know if anyone else could have done it like wesley you know i mean he yeah so he he kills this and basically he decides he has to kill g because he betrayed him so he shoots him in the head although there's no i guess the 90s didn't have headshots That's so Yeah, it's just like a, ugh, and he falls down like he's in a stage play. Um, But right before he dies, you know, um, G says, am I my brother's keeper? Which is like the CMB creed. And Nina responds, yes, I am, before he shoots him. Um, Yeah, so coming to the end now, um, I think this is when, is this when Selena breaks up with him, his girlfriend? She'd been broke up with him. Oh, that Wait, happened a
1: minute ago, yeah, yeah. I feel like it happened a minute ago, and, you know, there was the wedding scene that we kind of skipped over.
0: Oh, the wedding, we did skip that, you're right, yeah, yeah, we got to talk about that. When does that,
1: that when, happens? When, when, he, yeah, when he used the girl as a bulletproof shield, that little girl. That's where, yeah,
0: that's my bad. That's when the
1: Italians, when everything was coming down. That's where you're
0: like, oh, he's the worst he's person. Shit. Yeah, yeah, because he, first he's coming, so there's this wedding scene between, um, who's it between? It's like. No
1: one important.
0: Yeah, yeah, but the uh the guy officiating it actually, another mom tip, he's from this singing duo, Ashford and Simpson, mm-hmm. which were from like the seventies. There was a husband and wife. Mm-hmm. Um and another fantastic Nino Brown outfit, this black asymmetrical suit he has with the yeah. gold it looks like a military jacket. And then he has like the T the, the shade tint.
1: Immaculate. Yours. Your he looks like or?
0: reference. I'm not even gonna hold you. He looks like me. <laughs> I was like, this is this is it. Um, there's they, and that shot at Grant's tomb, uh, which mm-hmm. is uh, in it's on it's along Riverside, like 130 something. Um, mm-hmm. they're having this wedding, the caterers are actually mafia, they're there to do a hit, and this girl, this little girl, she picks up the, the wedding cake ornament, she comes down the stairs, she drops it, she comes back to get it. Nino you know, kneels down to say hi to her. What's up? And then he notices the mafia and they open it just uzis Just oozies. Yeah. So they open up. He starts running, but then he doubles back for the girl. And you think, oh, he's gonna save her. But instead he picks her up mm-hmm. and holds her out in front of him to be a bullet sponge. Um, and then drops her again, then picks up, she takes out a hit. gun. She didn't get hit, thank God. Uh Takes out a gun and does like a matrix dive before the matrix behind um, some cover, uh, and they're having this shootout. Keisha goes out like a warrior, although she doesn't take anyone with her, which I was kind of upset with. But right. she slides
1: out with the Uzi in front of her. Where she's got is she the- sliding? This is concrete, bro. Where <laughs> is she sliding? On her knees?
0: I don't know how they did that. Yeah, she definitely did like a. It was like a rock star slide. Like, <laughs> <where are> <laughs> Uh, but she gets taken out. Um, then there's this moment, actually, this is important, where Scotty has to decide whether he's going to try to take out Nino now or do it the right way, uh, quote-unquote, and arrest him. Um, so he, he points his gun at Nino for a second, and he's like, nah, let me, you know, whatever. And he has to go save the girl himself. He goes and picks her up. Yeah. No one, yeah, So Keisha dies, and um, after that, Nino retaliates by sending a drive-by to... The mafia and just takes hey, listen, them out in broad daylight.
1: Yeah, like, literally yes, so. ass <laughs> up. Um, so and everyone after, dies in broad daylight in this movie, bro. Like the Jamaican dude in the beginning. Yeah. Um the the that hit at the wedding, the hit on the Italians. The only person who dies at night is motherfucking Pookie. Alan Payne and Pookie.
0: Yeah, yeah. That's a good point. And that kind of shows like because even like, you know, you check the Citizen app and someone's getting ganked. <laughs> Two blocks away from me every day like three times a day i don't know who like so it, it does happen and that's that's really um i didn't think about that yeah just how careless they are you know we should also talk about uh the old man character because yeah um, is you see him when they're taking over the car or they pull like the i guess he's the landlord or whatever they pull him out butt naked um Mm -hmm. and they're like you know now you're gonna give control of this place to us again in broad daylight they'd line up everyone in the building around the block but the camera focuses on this old man who goes into the police precinct and he's like yo man you y'all send cops there every time you know for for much less than this we got gangsters taking over our our home and you don't want to help us out so he's he's frustrated he comes to um see nino directly when Nino was like sitting in some I don't know club or something, giving out money to kids, the old man comes in and he's like, hey, to you know, about
1: that I want to say.
0: Oh yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, uh, yeah. But he's like, you're an idolater, you know. Um, these kids shouldn't be around you. Uh, you're you're bad for the community. Uh, uh, uh. And this is another way that Scotty gains. This is the way that he gains Wesley's uh, trust. He gains Nino's trust because um, old man pulls out a gun on Nino to shoot mm-hmm. him, and then Scotty... rushes him, him away. and him away and, and, and uh, kicks him out. Um, but old man comes back later. What were you going
1: to say about the kids? Nah, when Nino did that scene, and it's like a cliche scene, but he's not just, like, giving the kids money or whatever. He's, yeah, of course, um, planting seeds to, like, maybe get workers mm-hmm. in the future or whatever, mm-hmm. but... He's buying idolization. He's buying his ego, giving yeah. these kids money. And I noticed that with a lot of celebrities with charity and shit like that, they're kind of like mm. buying our admiration, buying our idolization of them. So that's just mm, a little thing just... I notice. Yeah. You know, with yeah. Nino and with all people like that, they're buying. Yeah, um, Cause how,
0: yeah like how can Nino be social that? status? He gave me $20 or whatever it was. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, once I'm forgetting, there's a f- maybe a few steps between the warehouse and then obviously how they find where Nino lives. I guess, they, is that
1: just when they find those kids on the street?
0: Yeah, that was fucking weird. Yeah, they're like, he's up there. He's on the sixth floor with his girl. No one stitches um,
1: that for quick on someone that big like Nino Brown. I'm like...
0: Just for, for iced tea? Yeah, okay. But, um, whatever. They raid the apartment. He's watching Scarface again. They get into a fight, and this is where, uh, uh, Scotty just... busts through the window. (laughs) He comes through the window. With a nigga
1: on his chest.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, they get into a little bit of a fight, and this is, you know, Wesley Snipes in real life is, like, a fifth degree in Shotokan, and, like, he's, he's a martial artist, but in this movie he has to pretend that he's a street fighter, so, um... I, I guess he does it pretty believably, but he gets beat up um, viciously. I mean, like, like I think this is what, yeah. Um, he gets they go down the fire escape. He throws him into the trash pile, and then he's just working it, him over. Just and he jumps
1: off the building. You know, same actors, yeah. logic.
0: <laughs> and and uh, he's beating him up, and he's like, you know, uh, he's like, I want to kill you.
1: My dick's <laughs> hard. So bad. My dick's <laughs> hard.
0: It's a scene with like a weird with like a weird iced tea face he's yeah he looks high uh, <laughs> which could almost be something if the movie was more anti-police it would be like that that would be saying something but he doesn't kill him even though he tells him like the woman that you killed was my mother um and he's he you know they convince him to like back off uh his partner stone and Paretti. so you know it's like i'll be out in a week and then you're a dead man then they go to court and this is where i actually thought of you because this is where like Nino straight up says the problem is that drugs aren't legal. And then he, he goes into a whole thing. And I was like,
1: "Listen, I'm no Nino Brown. I'm no anything. I'm right. I'm, I'm just a philosophy major with a father who's a heroin addict." Right. And I think that <laughs> I think that all drugs should be legal for the safety and well-being of you know the people we love in our communities, and I think it'll be a good thing.
0: I mean, the idea is that it would. The theory is that it would eliminate the the the, the trade, right? Because mm-hmm. it's not illegal anymore. And he makes the comparison to prohibition: how yeah. alcoholism actually got worse once alcohol was outlawed. Um, and and that's the whole. You know, that was part of the whole problem. Uh, yeah. But he, he gives a little bit of a speech, um, but eventually. Because he says like he's gonna he's basically offers he said he threatens to take everyone else down with him in this in the CMB so they give him like what is it like three years with the he possibility
1: just, of he gave that nigga five minutes in jail and he said the oh, yeah. dude was the leader of the CMB I'm exactly right.
0: so so of course Scotty is pissed off but on his way out of the courtyard um, Nino was talking to the to the press he's like you know.
1: So I, think said, I, think, I think he
0: says something, something about like I believe in the doesn't he say something like I believe American in the... Just,
1: American justice system. I yeah, yeah. fair, da, 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 da. Hi and, mom. Uh, yeah.
0: Is is what he well he says that I wasn't saying hi to my actual mom. He says hi mom to the camera. Um and then that's when I think you were about to say old man shows up. Yeah, he pulls up to the courtyard, he says, Idolater, your soul is requested in hell and he shoots him in the chest. And it's a great death scene. I mean, he really like gets hit. And his shoulders scrunch, and then he falls over the edge of the of the uh, the, the stairway, stairs, and yeah. then you see him at the bottom, and that's the movie ends after that. But it's also kind of symbolic because of obviously his the fall, from Cal- mm-hmm. like you talked about at the beginning. So um, yeah, that's the plot of the movie. We um, you and... said the whole movie <laughs> without <laughs> the lines. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. That's if you wanted to watch New Jack City a little non-linearly you could just listen to us talk about it instead. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll, we'll take a little break and then we'll come back with some of our thoughts. Okie dokie. And we're back. So yeah. new Jack city, 1991, directed by Mario van Peebles written by Thomas Lee, Wright, Barry, Michael Cooper, and shot by Francis Kenny. Um, my overall thoughts as soon as I watched it, um, I really, really like it. I, I think that it's a classic for a reason. You can kind of see why this, especially for Wesley Snipes, was the um catalyst that it was for the rest of his career. Um, and mm-hmm. I think it speaks to his range as an actor. You know, um, I think a lot of other actors would have made this a very one-note performance of like I'm the smug, arrogant drug lord. I'm angry all the time. Yeah. Whatever. But uh, Wesley gives Nino a lot of depth and a lot mm-hmm. of flaw flaws that you can see kind of as the movie gets uh, goes on.
1: But not a lot of shining thing. Like, there's not a lot of good things to say about Nino Brown. But like a lot of superficial good things to say about Nino Brown. Like exactly. he's fly, he's cool, he gets the girls
0: exactly you know yeah. he has
1: money he has ambition but there's you cannot say a lot of good things about Nino Brown which is the, another thing the movie wanted to do too it wanted to give someone you can idolize superfici- superficially but then quickly be like not nah, this thing is a dickhead yeah. let me not. Yeah, be you, like this guy
0: once you think about it and i mean even cuz there was even a point where i was like Half of me, just for the outfits, wants to say, aka Nino Brown, on our next episode.
1: But yo, bro, aka came up with Nino (laughs) Tan. It works, you know.
0: I mean, I mean, you know, um, one of mine is one of mine is skinnier, Suge, but like, so that's and that's a real life um, killer. So, (laughs) but yeah, the movie definitely doesn't want you to idolize him, and I think that they do an effective job at. showing that he is not to be, um, his life isn't one that you want. And I, and I read something interesting. Roger Ebert, uh, he, one of the things he said about the movie was, Truffaut once said, it was impossible to make an anti-war movie because the war sequences mm. would inevitably be exciting and get the audience involved on one side or the other. It is almost as difficult to make an anti-drug movie since the lifestyle and money of drug dealers looks like fun, at least until they're killed. This movie pulls off that yeah. tricky achievement. Um, Nino, who looks mm-hmm. at the dead body of Scarface and laughs, does not get the last laugh. And they, you know, mm-hmm. when he falls and he's on his face and everyone is looking at him. You know, it's it's embarrassing and that's, that's but he had it coming. Um, and that is, that's what the movie is ultimately trying to say. You know, it has a lot to say about, obviously, idolatry, greed, envy. And then the other big thing is brotherhood. Uh, one of the other big themes. Because the yeah. cash money gang calls themselves a brotherhood. And a family, um, and the way that they, the, so that when we lose characters over the course of it, or when characters betray each other, we feel that.
1: And I think the real family and brotherhood in the movie is Ice T and Pookie. Yeah, yeah. You know, it started out with him shooting Pookie in the ankle, tore that nigga <laughs> Achilles apart, right? You know, but then sees what he did and. Feels bad for for Pookie and empathizes with him and goes and gets him clean. Yes, that is you know you have to have unconditional love for another human being to take them to you know be see, he had him. and I and I bu- and I, stay with him. Yeah. That montage was very. You know, I thought that was affecting. With him, holding him, yeah. and you'll see a lot of black men showing a lot of affection, affection. to
0: each other. Yes,
1: and. It, it, there was like no talking I remember Mario Van Peebles was, was talking about it How there's not a lot of talking in those scenes and it, there's, it's a good montage Like a lot of montages you think is just all like 80s like training and the Rocky movies yeah. <laughs> or like just the rise like in you know when they were taking over the Carter but mm-hmm. you just saw you know someone come out of the ashes and, and being cared for yeah and get better and you hear all these stories and they were not over exaggerate i mean i can't say anything i don't know anyone with those exact stories but they just wanted to hit you with the worst stories you know yeah. like i had a crap baby she was born blind um i was doing it cuz my friends were doing it everyone's doing it i mean they played those you know tropes yeah. cuz it's 91 like everyone's still learning about what this does you know, to people what this does to people what addiction does to people cuz you know addiction research wasn't you know that thorough back then yeah but um it, you know it did its job with scaring people straight but I think the humanization and empathizing of addicts and then showing the healing process of an addict was an important part of the movie I think that's where the movie shines the most yeah I, I
0: and I, I agree that there I really buy their friendship Like, by the end of the movie, and by the... Well, I should say by the time Pookie dies, I do believe that Scotty cared about him. Um, And I think it's... I mean, an interesting point about the fact that the montage is is mostly silent. Um, Melvin... I mean, sorry, Mario Van Peebles talks about how he verbally directed Chris through a lot of his dramatic scenes. So so that he hits yeah. hit certain points, which is why those, it's like, I know, mm-hmm. I know that this isn't going to have sound, so I'll just be talking, and then we'll take the sound out later. Um, I thought that it was, yeah. honestly, like, I, Chris Rock isn't someone that I necessarily take seriously, but when he was talking about, like, when he was saying, is it be calling me, he's talking about, when he was talking about crack, and I just got to go mm-hmm. to it, I felt that. And and you yeah. see, on even on Scotty's, on Ice-T's face, he feels it too. Um, and he's like, Look at this kid who and again, so close to being like anti cop, he's almost like, Look at this kid who I kind of caused this. Like I shot him in the ankle, I disabled him, you know, he turned to this I'm sure he, you know, he was already kind of experimenting. He
1: was already in the street.
0: Yeah, but he he turned into this homeless. He shows up at the at the food at the food uh drive that Nino puts on yeah. and he's just a mess. I mean, so like he feels that guilt, and that drives the friendship. But then, like you said, he turns it around. He's like, "You owe me this now." Which, that yeah. But
1: also, is. I think that was also stress. He was stressed because of sure, the operation. Sure.
0: He was. Um, but yeah, I definitely 100% buy their friendship. Um, this mm-hmm. film also premiered at Sundance, which is cool. It, it went to Sundance Film Festival in January first, and then it did, and then it came out in March later in the year. Um, mm-hmm. As far as far as other trivia. Uh, it's allegedly based on the Chambers brothers who were a sibling gang uh, in Detroit during the 1980s. Uh, mm. There were four brothers in the core group who had three sisters and then another set of twin brothers. Mm. Uh, and they also took over an apartment complex called the Broadmoor in in uh, oh. Detroit, Chicago. So it's interesting That's
1: because West. Wesleyan... It's not dope.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it, well, it is literally dope, haha, but it's not cool. Um, so... Yeah, Wesley talks about how, like, in that interview you sent me, uh, he's like, you know, I had, a couple, I had a couple friends who knew a couple people that did a couple things, and I would hang out with those certain people and watch them do certain things so that I could learn, how to, you know, he's being very coy, but um, that, apparently he did research like that. Um, this film was also released within six months of Boys in the Hood, and five, ah. five days after the Rodney King beating went public. Um, yeah, so oh,
1: five days after that, or oh, that's crazy five days
0: after, yeah. So it, it, it was very, um, obviously, I guess I should say topical, um, to a certain extent. Mm. I mean, they couldn't have predicted that the Rodney King thing was going to happen and that people would probably hate cops a lot more, uh, than, than you know, is depicted in this movie. Yeah, things happen. Um, but fun thing, uh, we could talk about some alternate casting. Okay. So there, I have four. Mm-hmm. Uh, four roles here that were meant to be cast or that initially people either these people auditioned or they were considered. So I'll go from least important character to most. Um, apparently, for the role of Keisha, Vivica A. Fox auditioned, which I could see. Ah,
1: Vivica. I could the see. The one it. that A. 50 Cent's asked. <laughs> 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 I'm messy, bro. I'm the messy one.
0: <laughs> I forgot about that <laughs> <laughs> um uh so yeah so only, I- I'm,
1: sorry. I'm sorry your son <laughs> has to hear this yo bro i'm sorry i gotta tell you this one of my one of my um, mother's friends her son who's like 15 listens to the podcast <laughs> and it's like this british family oh and it's and and they're like old they're um not old but they're very religious and uh-huh. I, I got to like, yo, what's up, kid?
0: <laughs> but it's funny also because my mom said that this is the episode. She's going to listen to this one because she wants to hear what we have to say about New Jackson. <laughs> oh, she's going to
1: be like, oh, Julie has a good point. This,
0: <laughs> <laughs> she's going to immediately world. turn it off. No, but at least we'll have gotten through, you know, 48 minutes with, without anything like that. No, but... um.
1: <laughs> At least we're you know, hvo. Vivica A-Box is bad chick.
0: Yeah, I could definitely see Vivica. Um, also, just the fact that we have a British family listening to us, Harlem World for real. We got an, mm-hmm. Aust- an Australian cover artist. We got British fans. You know, we're everywhere. Um, so that was mm-hmm. that was for Keisha. Then for uh-huh. Pookie, Martin Lawrence auditioned, um, but he dropped yeah,
1: out. Yeah, that that makes sense. No, though Martin Lawrence could not do that well. You think he'd be maybe a
0: bit hard to take seriously, even harder than Chris Rock?
1: Yeah. Was Martin out by then? Martin was going... Yeah, well, I don't know if the show was out, but I know Martin was out doing stand-up. And so so was Chris, but Martin is just way more of, like, a funny...
0: He's more of, like, a clown clown.
1: Yes. Yes. You know, Chris Rock is conscious with his comedy. Yeah. Martin will joke about baby mama drama, so will Chris Rock. But he'll joke about more hood things. Right. But Chris Rock will take things political, make things about rap music, exactly, or yeah. you know, like Martin actually make things real. He, yeah,
0: go ahead. So, so Martin debuted August 27, 1992, So he was filming it when this movie came out. Um,
1: yeah, it, yeah, it's probably busy or whatever. Yeah, but. He also, I does, he also allegedly,
0: it, it had to do with a mentor of his passed away and he, he just felt like he wasn't, yeah.
1: um,
0: you know, he didn't want to take it anymore. It says uh, somewhere on here on the IMDB page.
1: Um, yeah. Oh, Robin I'm Harris. Gonna take, I'm, oh, okay. I'm going to take but I don't think Martin Lawrence would have done a good job with that at all. I think, I think Chris Rock was perfect.
0: Oh, Robin Harris from, from, uh, from House Party. Oh.
1: Uh, the guy who
0: plays the dad in House Party. Um Damn. yeah, he died and he was, you know, uh he and Martin were close. Yeah, so Ooh. that may not that may not have been a good. Um for G Money, you'll be interested in this. Tupac auditioned, but they didn't want him because he was he looked younger than than Wesley. He looked too young. But then he wound up in juice, but, which
1: is But um Alan Payne is younger than Wesley in that. You mean Tupac looks older or the same age? You no, know, they they said like
0: Hang on, I'm going to find it. Tupac
1: Uh, did look 17, though, in Juice. Like, they looked like they were in high school.
0: It says... Tupac Shakur auditioned for the role of G-Money, but was turned down due to the fact that he looked younger than Wesley Snipes. Shakur would later portray Bishop in Juice, a character similar to that of Nino Brown. Okay. So...
1: Yo, you know who Tupac was also supposed to play?
0: Who? Mace
1: Windu. That's right.
0: That's right. Um...
1: I that don't. would have been fucking fire. That would have been fire. I'm sorry. I love Sammy. I, I don't. love Sammy. That would have been fire. <laughs> uh,
0: I don't know, but I've also... So, I mean, spoiler alert, kind of a reveal. One of the movies we're going to be watching is Juice, because I also haven't seen that. So I've never Justin,
1: seen... seen anything, though. I'm sorry, Justin. <laughs> it kills me. I've, I've, it kills me.
0: So I, I haven't seen Tupac act, so I can't say whether or not he would have oh. fit this role. Or certain, I mean, Mace Windu is like... That's a very particular kind of role. But Sam Jackson is pretty much just being Sam Jackson in that without
1: custom. Yeah. So
0: <laughs> um but yeah, so the Tupac was considered and then finally for Nino Brown, uh Blair Underwood was considered.
1: Not flamboyant enough. I think not yeah. that charismatic in the way of like I'm um, the big drug dealer. Yeah. He is Blair Underwood is tactical.
0: Yeah, yeah. I, that's what I was gonna say. Like when I was talking about the the range of the performance, I feel like with Blair Underwood, not to say he doesn't have range, but it definitely no. would have been more like it would have been more. This is the sinister, like you know, I'm gonna kill you any second type of type of thing. And he may not have have been as likable because Blair Underwood, no. like, like I mean, the movie I I first saw him in and that I always associate him with is when he played an abusive husband in uh, Diary of a no, family reunion. Medea's family reunion. Um, mm-hmm. He's smacking. Oh, he just
1: said it too.
0: Yeah, he's he's smacking someone around in that movie. I think is it Kimberly. Everyone's
1: getting slapped in a damn Tyler Perry movie. Yeah. Fuck that
0: nigga. <laughs> it's it's the only it's it's his primary storytelling tactic. Um, but heard.
1: but yeah, that one gets beat, finds Jesus. Huh? That's just, that's the way Tyler Perry tells the story. Beats a black woman, finds Jesus. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. You know, so, finds a man that's light skinned
0: uh, yeah, Omar Epps with those cornrows and uh, Mad Black Woman with like the cornrow rig. We're not going to be watching any Tyler Perry movies. Don't worry, because I've seen most of them and they're not worth talking about really. But um, uh, but yeah, so that I think I think the cast is pretty solid. I mean, the only one maybe from this list again, Vivica Fox could have been Keisha, but also this girl, who, this woman rather, whoever she is, did a great job.
1: What about Ice t Who was supposed to? Like, who was on track for that? But was it just Ice-T, one-shot deal, they found their guy, that was it?
0: Yeah, I didn't see any I didn't see anything about anyone else considered for the role of Scotty. Um, and I also shouldn't say, by the way, whoever she is, because I said her name earlier, Vanessa Williams. It's her film debut. This was her first movie. Uh, oh, what? Playing, playing Keisha, yeah. Uh, so good for her, cool. yeah. Uh, she she definitely did a great job for, with, the, with the role she had. But yeah, I don't think anyone else was considered for Scotty. Um... And, uh, again, that's interesting because, like, I mean, one thing that they said was um, he he kind of wound up being a co-director because he mm-hmm. knew kind of, like, that lifestyle in a way that Melvin—I mean, again, Mario didn't, so he was able to kind of advise in that regard. But, yeah, yeah. I think overall, obviously, we both like New Jack City. We would both recommend Same it, movie. probably. Um,
1: Absolutely. It's fun. Pop some popcorn. If, yeah.
0: And I think it holds up. I think that, like, what it has to say is still mostly relevant. It, doesn't have, anything, relevant. Yeah, it doesn't have anything too problematic, quote-unquote, aside from, like you said, the sort of victim-blaming with addiction. And also, you could make the a hero case cop trope. Huh?
1: And the hero-cop trope.
0: The hero-cop trope. And then also you have, um, you know, Dada Man stutters and there's, like, two scenes where he gets kind of made fun of for it. And then he never really gets a chance to like, I mean, he he has a heroic death, so to speak, uh, but he doesn't get a chance to like redeem himself for that per se. So it's like, it maybe it's a little ableist too, but um, yeah, but other than that, it's, it still holds up and, and we would definitely, um, we would, we would advise y'all to check it out if you haven't seen it. Um, Of course, I think we can keep the tradition going as far as.
1: I was about to say that. (laughs) yeah um, for me bro
0: let me see here what i've been what I've been bumping um I feel like I'll just limit it to one this no well, I'll do no, we'll see. I was gonna say like our our playlist is already like three and a half hours, so if we ever have any live events bro. like we're covered <laughs> uh, we, were, bro. we are man it's wild, but let me see you have yours,
1: yeah, um. Forty Four Bulldog, um, Pop Smoke from his album that just came out. It's fantastic. Hmm. Um, Bubba Chuck by Westside Gun. I'm repeating the same people every time, man. <laughs> like they just put out an, they put out an album on the same day, bro. Like I can't I can't fucking help it. Right. And Smoking Grams by J. Grams with a gotcha. Smoke Dizza.
0: Um. Honestly. I haven't really listened to anything new this week, um, which is not... That's not really the... We we just talk about whatever we're listening to. Um, but I guess I'll call out... Um, Generic or Generic by Miles Davis, um, which is a nice, just smooth uh, uh, jazz song. Um, uh, what else? I also like recently... Did I already say it? Yeah, I did. I like, oh, this song, Wrongs, which is another still on my British rap tip, uh, by mm-hmm. Crept, Crept and Conan, featuring Janae Aiko. And uh, yeah. um, 220 by Kalen Hallman, which was one of the songs that played during our photo shoot. When we were in front of that um, Defund the Police poster. Uh, uh, yeah, so problematic, that's... aren't we? Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> but on that we're note, done. yes, next, uh, next film up in the roster is. Friday, I think. We're going to lighten it up and we're going to oh, check out Friday. Um, so be great. tune in again before uh, June is out to hear our thoughts on that. Uh, if you want more Uptown love, as always, you can find our episodes, new and old, on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, anywhere you like listening to podcasts. There yes, we are. Sir. We will see you all next time. Blessings and excellence. Be well.
1: Hey, out,